Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. So today, Dad, we agreed that we're going to talk about spin rate. That's right. And um, the um, application to our walk with Christ and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I'm going to give the definition of spin rate just so that people know what we're talking about. Yeah, that's that's a good, give it some context because, you know, if you watch baseball long enough, and um, watch it, especially now these days, they talk a lot about spin rate, and a lot of people don't know what that is. So, right, right, right. Enlighten us. So, a pitcher's spin rate represents the rate of spin on a baseball after it's released. It's measured in resol- revolutions per minute. The amount of spin on a pitch changes its trajectory. So, if you have a high spin rate, the ball is going to have a lot of movement. If you have a low spin rate, it's going to be a straight pitch. Yeah. It's basically what they're saying. So um, when it comes to spin rate, baseball has become very analytical. Um, and I saw something today. Um, Jeff Jeff Bagwell, former Astro baseball player, was talking um, was being interviewed after the Astros signed Jose Abreu. And he was like, so what do you think about baseball now and all the analytics? And he's like, it's still humans playing baseball, not robots. I could care less about the analytics. Um, and so he's he was basically just saying, it, it, you still have to hit the ball. You still have to throw the ball. Um, yeah, analytics help, but it's it still comes down to the player. And I, I agree, you know, so much of what you hear on broadcast is talking about the analytics. They'll tell you the um, rate of speed that the, the ball is coming off the bat and the trajectory it took in its flight. Um, they'll tell you all kinds of things like that. And I think a lot of times that analysis and that analytical part of baseball um, may be just as much for helping the fans yeah. as it is for helping um, the baseball players. Because, you know, if you're a diehard baseball fan, a lot of those analytics help you understand the game a little bit better and really give you a a better, um, I guess what I could say is a better um, appreciation of the game because you realize with the analytics just how hard the game of baseball is. Right. And so... um... I looked up some active spin, um, uh, basically a leaderboard, and so. So these are our spin masters, basically. So, um, when it comes to curveballs, the highest spin rate for a curveball came out to ninety-eight point four. Wow! And the pitcher is That's a, revolutions per minute, right? And so the pitcher is Spencer Howard from the Texas Rangers. And then also on he also leads for changeup, which is at ninety nine point six. Wow. So dude's really able to spin the ball when it comes out of his hand. And it's it's pretty crazy to see. And then like the um Second in line when it comes to curveball isn't even like like ninety seven point two. Wow. So I mean I don't 
wouldn't say he's using sticky stuff, but <laughs> you you could kind of maybe see. But sliders are another um, big pitch that people like to look at spin rate because usually a spot a slider will move from one side of the plate to the other, and because and because of the spin rate, um, that's why the ball moves so much. So when it comes to spin rate on a slider, Rich Hill of the Boston Red Sox has the highest at 89.2. Wow. And then the next is at 82.9, which is Steve Shishek from the Washington Nationals. Wow. So, I mean, there's there's some, like, um, there's one guy that threw... And a hundred and one mile an hour two seam fastball. My goodness. And the spin rate on that pitch was ninety seven point nine. And it moved from one side of the plate to the other. Like when it comes to throwing a ball hard, it shouldn't move like that pitch did. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean throwing the ball hard's one thing, but then having it move side to side like to be able to manipulate the ball is just outstanding to see. Well, and the whole point of spin for these pitchers is to create a visual illusion of the pitch being tracking in one plane and then ending up in another plane. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hitters will either swing over the top of it or um, off to the side of it, you know, because they misjudge its trajectory because of the movement on the ball because of the spin rate. So the spin rate um, in baseball is is a big deal these days, but just like spin rate creates a visual illusion of baseball being in one place but really ending up in another, the spin of this world looking greater than than it really is takes you a place that um, – you don't want to go as well. Um, the the riches, popularity, status, entertainment of this world are all temporary. And um, we see so many people get wrapped up in the lure, in the spin of the things that this world has to offer. Um, and of course, the, yeah, they look great, but they but they lead nowhere, eternally speaking, Michael. And um, we, we must keep our eyes off the spin of this world and focus on that which God has for us, the, mm-hmm. the straight and narrow fastball. Um, right. That, you know, you, you see hitters coming up these days and everybody can hit a fastball. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can hit a really good slider or a really good curveball. And, you know, when you put this into a spiritual connotation, the devil's going to send you his best pitch as well. Right. And it's going to look like one thing and end up being another. And that's what sin does is it is it looks really good and enticing but it always takes you somewhere you don't want to go but really we're looking to hit um off the devil his his straight pitch mm-hmm. um so in in math i want to read a scripture because in matthew um 6 22 through 24 jesus is talking and he says the eye is the lamp of the body and if your eye um, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. 
If then the light within your within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now one can no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that's mm-hmm. Matthew six, twenty two through twenty four. So people so commonly, Michael, um, love the riches of this world, the possessions of this world. We see people um, ever increasingly become materialistic and really mm-hmm. define themselves over their possessions. Um, many strive to gain these things so they can feel secure or um, it makes them feel um, like they've made it. But this mm-hmm. this trust in the material things is so misguided and misplaced. Right. Um, because everything that we can touch or own in this world can be ruined in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a flood can come, a fire can happen, all kinds of things um, can happen in all of the things that you have wrapped up your life around could be gone. Right. Um, Jesus makes the point this way. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He says this. He says, Instead, Jesus directs our eyes to heaven's perfect permanent treasure, this treasure that doesn't rot or fade or can be stolen. And he, he reminds us, he says, for your tri- for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And people don't understand that whenever they're wrapping themselves up with treasures of this world um, and wrapping their identity around the things that they have, um, and that's where their heart is, then that's, that's their treasure. Mm-hmm. And when they die, that's not going to take them to eternity. Right. And it's not going to go with them either. Mm-hmm. It's going to still be here on this earth or be ruined. And they're, they're going to, you know, go into the next life. So we really need to heed Jesus' words here because so many of us will fall for the lure of the enemy when he just tries to spin something up there and make it look so appealing, so... um desirable, mm-hmm. and really it ends up taking us somewhere where we don't want to go. I've seen some batters in the major league swing at some silly pitches because of the movement that they had. Right, right. And that's really what happens to us, spiritually speaking, when we know the truth, but we're swinging at the slop and the lies that the enemy sends up to us um, because what we're lured up with the things of this world. So. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, just as rewards um, you seek reveal your motives, the, the treasure you keep reveal your heart's desires. In verse 22 and 23 of what I read earlier, Jesus figuratively speaks of the eye. And what he's talking about here is our perspective, how we see and understand life. This eye is like a window through which light enters Um, to illuminate the whole house, which would be our heart. Light coming through a clear window brings clarity. Light diffused through a cloudy or warped window distorts reality. When people's eyes cherish the world's self-centered, sinful, and shifting promises, darkness reigns, and 
without God's light to transform and purify our our um, vision, great darkness fills the whole body. And mm-hmm. that's when we become those that are picked off by the enemy because we're falling for his curveball or his slider, his spin rate. However, there is good news. When we see when we see um, life God's way, his perspective, we have an eternal perspective. He gives us wisdom to value and follow his word. This leads to spiritual wealth. Um, that's not talking about money. It's mm-hmm. talking about spiritual wealth. You know, you love, joy, peace, patience, all the fruits of the spirit. That's being wealthy in those things and in ways that we fully don't understand. It, each time that we, we obey God, it shows that we have, for ourselves, treasured up. Um, um, we, we have our treasure stored up in heaven. Mm-hmm. But if you're disobeying God, it shows that your treasure is elsewhere. And um, that, that's something that we really want to look to prevent. Um, the, the heavenly um, investments that we make here on this earth will last forever preserved through um, every economic crash um, physical calamity um, difficulty or unforeseen disaster the things that we sow for eternity will not fade away but the things that we sow for the world they're they're just gonna they're all temporary and they're gonna go away the the world constantly tempts us as believers um, through the contagious pursuit of more. You need more. You need more fame. You need more fortune. You need more, um, um, your identity needs more. You, you need more status. And mm-hmm. the counterfeit treasures of this world seek to lure us away from our good master, our good shepherd, Jesus. So we, we know better, but we struggle at times to fully embrace God's heavenly values. And I think that happens because we don't spend time in the Word. Right. I think that happens because we don't spend time in prayer. And when we become distanced to God, um, the things of God are distance, distant to us. And um, th- then we get up to bat, and the enemy's sending us his best shot, and we're believing the lies and the spin rate of mm-hmm. this world that really looks enticing. But whenever it crosses the plate, it has us swinging like a bunch of fools. Right. So, Michael, what's some what's some times in your life that you've maybe swung at um, some of that spin rate the enemy send up to you? Something that looked real enticing, but took you down the wrong path. Um. Well, I'd have to say when like, um, Brittany and I first got engaged, um. And I'll be honest, she she was basically living with me. And so um, I would justify it as, oh, well, we're not being like intimate to the part to the place that we're actually having sex. But yet it was still wrong for her to stay over. And so I just kept like justifying it. I'm like, oh, well, we're not having sex, so it's fine. But um, it took you coming up to me it took um people saying hey what you're doing is wrong and then me basically having to 
um, go to the cross with it. And like, um, there's still times now, even with our wedding coming up that I'll be like, it's, it would just be so much easier if you just stayed. But then I'll, I'm like, what am I doing? No, you need to go home. Like we, we can't ruin what we're about to do. Like, I'm I'm not trying to start this marriage off on the wrong foot. And well, s- what were we gonna say? Well, because marriage is so much about what kind of foundation you're willing to build it on. Right. And you can either build it on the foundation of Jesus or you can build it on the lies of the enemy. And so I mean that's what you're talking about has everything to do with what we're leading to today, because um, you know, it looks very looks very um, desirable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't look like it, it's going to hurt, um, but it can make you swing and miss really bad, um, the spin rate that the enemy sends up there. So thank you for your honesty. Um, well, you know, we, we must all constantly look at the cross of Jesus Christ like you were talking about to put life in this world into proper focus. Um, a singular focus on God defines what really matters now and for eternity. Um, He alone is the one that can provide everything we need. God is our treasure. He should be our focus, our master, and our very great reward. There shouldn't be anything that we desire of this world. We should only desire God. Mm -hmm. I think, um, and I I don't think, I know that the reason why we fall to the temptations of the enemy and the reason why we sin is because whether it be temporarily or we just haven't come to the quite realization yet, but whenever we sin, it's because we don't understand that God is enough. Mm-hmm. When we understand that God is enough, we don't seek the things of this world. We, know, we look for him to be sufficient because he is. And we look to him to be our provider because he is. And we put all those things in proper focus, eternal perspective. And the enemy is not able to lie to us as, as, as well. Unless, um, you know, we, we struggle with that unbelief that, you know, God's just not good enough for this situation. Or God can help me with this, but he can't help me with that. You know, mm-hmm. and when you start compartmentalizing God and putting him in a box and really um, s- saying that he, he doesn't have the ability to do everything, that's when the enemy will come in and snatch and steal everything you have. Right. And um, actually this morning during my devotional, that um, it was talking about how we only come to God when, like, we need him most. But yet he's still there in those Mm in-betweens. And sometimes it's in those in-betweens that we find that he has something for us that we may need Mm -hmm. before something happens. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it took me um, basically getting on my knees and praying. And I was like, well, he's he's showing me something, but I, I couldn't figure it out in the moment until I prayed about it. And um, I felt like he was telling me, if you don't fix what's happening now, what are you going to do when it all goes wrong? Like, if, if you don't 
if you don't start building your marriage on prayer, if you don't start building your marriage on me before you're even married, whenever your first fight comes, whenever you start having kids, whenever you're having to move, and all these big life choices happen, and stuff around you seems like it's falling apart, don't come running to me then. Start running to me now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we live in the Gulf Coast, and so much of the Gulf Coast is about preparing for storms. Right. And um, a lot of people don't do that. A mm-hmm. lot of people um, will go out when they think a storm's coming, and they'll go fight the crowd for, to get their water and their batteries and all the things that they need. But then there is those people that prepare all the time. Mm-hmm. And they slowly store up for themselves water. Right. Store slowly store up for themselves batteries, and um, candles and things that they need. Get their generators ready, and then when a storm comes, they're prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's what our life with Christ should look like. Just like you're talking about, Michael, we should be preparing, preparing, preparing in the great times and the good times, because the storm is going to come. And when the storm comes, if we're prepared, if our relationship is right with God, then we're not going to fall. We're building our life on the solid foundation of Jesus. When that storm comes, the winds may blow and the rains may fall, but our house will not fall. Right. But the the counter to that is those people that are building their life on the sand of this world and everything that it has to offer. And when the enemy comes to attack them, mighty, 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 mighty is their fall Mm -hmm. because they've put their trust in the wrong things, the temporary things, the things of this world that will all fade away one day. But for us, we need to focus on storing up things for eternity, right? Relationships that we can invest in for the next generation um, disciple making, um, working through relationship problems with forgiveness, mercy, love, and hope. Um, all of those things should be our characteristics and things that um, not only we leave as a legacy, but is something that we should be doing right now to build for eternity. We should be bricklayers. We should be brick by brick mm-hmm. building the kingdom of God. For the future. Not for us, but for the future. Right. And for those of you that are treating your walk with Christ like fire insurance, um, it's time to wake up and realize what all God has for you. It's not just about staying out of hell. He loves you too much to see you fail, but yet you have to make the effort. Yeah. It, It... you're going to have to realize that you're a lukewarm Christian because he can't force you just, just like you can take, you can lead a water, uh, a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink it. Yeah. He, He loves us enough that he gives us the choice to come to him on our terms. Um, he's not going to make you, he gives you the choice whether you want to choose life and for eternity and in hell or in heaven. So it's your choice. It's mm-hmm. not your mom's choice or your dad's choice or your sister's choice or your brother's choice. It's your choice. Right. And 
you need to choose this day whom you're going to serve. Don't put it off. A lot of people are like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy the world right now. I'm going to enjoy the things that that um, the world has to offer. I'm going to get all the sex I can and smoke all the drugs I want and mm-hmm. watch all the filthy stuff on the um, internet as, as I can. And I'm going to cuss like a sailor and drink and do everything that I want to do and just really enjoy this world. And then whenever all this kind of um, runs its course, then I will draw close to God. Right. We're never guaranteed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We've We've seen a lot of people that we love pass before we thought it was their time. And so we need to treat our relationship with God as one that has a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. We should be preparing like he's going to come today. Right. Or I'm sorry, we should plan that he's going to come today, but prepare like he's coming tomorrow. Right. So, you know, we, we need to be preparing um, but we also need to be making sure that we're walking out our salvation with fear and trembling each day, mm-hmm. each and every day. And don't fall to the spin of the world. The The devil is going to come up against you with some very enticing things. But if you know the truth and you know the word of God, you'll be able to stand firm and say no to his lies. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to pray and close it out so lord god i thank you for this day lord god i just pray that we would choose you daily that we would make our relationship with christ a daily thing lord god i just pray that for those that are feeling lukewarm that you would start lighting that fire again lord god that you would start leading people down places where they see your light and they know what you're calling them to Lord God, I just pray for blessings and a great day for everybody that's listening. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, Uh, with that, this has been the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Mike Kidwell. I'm Michael Kidwell. Please check us out on Amazon. You can find our podcast there. You can find my um, book that's come out, The Pitch Towards Holiness. It's in paperback or hardcover. Um, You can find it all there. Just search the pitch towards holiness, and we hope that you all are blessed. Thank you.